You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, your team every day with your host, Jeff Lloyd. Uh, Pete Smith joining us here. Uh, We've got some good stuff to get here through this evening, guys, for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Um, remember, guys, uh, you can get uh, Locked On Browns on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as you know, obviously Google uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Um, you know, pretty much available anywhere. Um, also, when you get into in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Browns and have it fired up for you that way. Uh, some big NFL news today, and it's weird that you get a breaking NFL news story. I'd say at about what ten to seven Eastern time on a Sunday night. Um, but, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, first things first is you see an Instagram post and you're like, well, all right, let's see where we go with this. But then, you know, uh, Rappaport and, you know, Schefter and, and a guy like Robert Kowski, you're going to call it quits. I mean, I I don't know if it's a stunner in the sense of, you know, everybody who knows the guy and all he's been through. And look, I mean, there's, there's aspirations, there's stuff he can do. He's, he's going to be able to make some money, whether it's, you know, Stupid movies. He's got three brothers. Who knows? There could be some sort of freaking reality show. Um, and you know, going through a bunch of tweets today, and you know, obviously everybody had their comments on it, their takes on it. I went to the one from Sigmund Bloom, and it's kind of funny. It, it was the uh, the Elton John song, and it was uh, you know, uh, your legend burned out long before uh, your candle burned out long before your legend ever did. Uh, Pete, we t- we spoke about him, and guys, if you remember, we did you know a bunch of the AFC playoff work and coverage and post game shows, you know, you know, th- obviously you know throughout January. Um, obviously, we expect those to be very Browns influenced as you know we, as we get to next January, and Pete beat up Pete, and you know st- you know not the the athlete as he was. There were still big moments, uh, you know, the Kansas City catch where you know whipped Be- Eric Berry's you know, butt off the line. There was nothing he could do about it. Still a reason, guy. Why, guys? Wait, I'm not really sure we would have any interest in Eric Berry. I mean, I'm just not sure the player is there anymore that Eric Berry used to be. Obviously, a huge reception getting the Patriots down to you know the one or two yard line, which sealed obviously the Super Bowl for them. But the one thing, Pete. I mean, I remember week in, week out, we were talking about all those playoffs game. He was blocking like a damn beast. But you know, the one thing they always say and they always tell you is you know. Maybe get out early. Maybe get out too early before getting out too late. Not even 30 years old, nine seasons in. Uh, you know, if you want to call him the best tight end ever, I mean, he'll never measure up statistically to some of these other guys. Of course, he's not going to have the longevity. But, I, I, you know, for his era, for his time, I mean, it, it, this dude was a rock star and a damn solid football player, Pete. Uh, in, in a single game, he's the tight end you want. In a season... Or multiple seasons, you can make the argument for other guys simply because, you know, the injuries were a real thing. And that's, you know, has everything to do with why he's retiring. Uh, he came into the league with back surgery and they diagnosed him with stenosis. Uh, he's had any number of knee, back, everything else. Um, I guess it's slightly surprising that he retired, even though he sort of, there was a lot of hinting that this was going to be it for him. Uh, but when they when they won the Super Bowl, it was kind of like maybe they try to do another one. Um, well, that's but, a, that, that's the one thing there. It's like weird that him, not even thirty years old yet, is telling Tom, "Look, I just can't do it anymore." And here's Tom still plugging along at whatever now forty two, going on forty three. Yeah, I mean Brady was there, obviously. Brady was Tom Brady before this dude was drafted, yep. and he's been there the entire way, and now he's going to be there after. Uh, Gronkowski retires, um, but yeah, and and, and it's a huge uh, power shift in the uh, AFC uh, in particular. Um, you know, the Patriots are still the best team in the AFC East, but it it raises questions on on the viability of how far the Patriots can go. And obviously, there's still time before the season starts, and still acquisitions, but they can make. But it's it sort of blows a hole open in their roster. Um, you know, no word on whether or not, you know, the the rising tide that is the Cleveland Browns, the upcoming juggernaut, uh, influenced him and basically said it's not even worth it. These guys are just going to beat us anyway. Yes. Uh, I'll, but, t- I'll tap out before I got to deal with that. <laughs> but, 
you know, it, it's interesting for a few reasons. One, they already released Dwayne Allen, I, and I have to assume they had an, I, uh, you know, an idea this was coming, and they did that anyway. So they they went from their top two tight ends to having neither of them. So now their best guy is like, uh, Brand, you know, Matt Lacoste and Steven Anderson. Lacoste was, and I think uh, I think that was the kid in Denver this past year. Yep. Um, you know, and and whatever you want to say about Belichick and Brady, yes, they are very, very, very good. Um, but losing a Hall of Famer is not a small thing. So, you know, when when it got to the playoffs, I, I have no doubt that they, they can get themselves to the playoffs. What I what I question is when they get to the playoffs, at least in its current form, where does the ball go to sort of really move the ball down the field and, and make plays in the playoff game? Obviously, everybody's going to go Julian Edelman. I don't know if that's you know enough. No. No, and Sony, Mich- Sony, Sony Michelle is obviously you know a nice player, and they've got James White and all those things. But you know this this does create a massive need for another playmaker, and, and you know naturally this you know suggests itself given uh, Belichick's history that they're going to try to find themselves another tight end. That is a his entire career dating back to the Giants. Um, he adored Mark Bavaro. Uh, you know they had. They had uh, Daniel Graham and uh, what's his face who was on the Browns for a minute. Uh, first rounder uh, go first round in two out of three years. Uh, ben Watson. They yeah. went two two first rounders in, in the course of about in, in a three year span getting tight ends. This is a position that just Bill Belichick values extremely highly. Um, is this something where they potentially make a move? Uh, to go up and get somebody is this somebody they you know they eye out to make a trade for somebody or you know do they just say look it's just not there we're going to go in a different direction and find something else that can help us uh, you know create offense you know as much as you want you can't write off the Patriots because everybody tried to do that this year um, and they won the Super Bowl myself included yeah, I mean, they looked very vulnerable at times this year, um, and they, they managed to win the Super Bowl. You do wonder how they, they it can it can work on the level that they're accustomed to, given given the losses they've now suffered. Um, it's a big it's a big big deal, and it and it really does have a massive impact on everybody, really in the AFC in particular, but the NFL and whole as a whole. If you are the Browns, or you are the Colts, or you are the Chiefs and Chargers, you are looking at this and going, "Whoa, that's you know that's an opportunity." We you know we missed our chance last year, especially if you're the Chargers. You know this this really opens the door for for us, one of those teams, uh, to really step up and potentially you know get in there and, and, and take win the Super Bowl. My thing now, and the first thing you think about it is, you know, if you're facing the Patriots, you know, look, Tom Brady's always been there. <clears throat> so it doesn't matter, you know, and a lot of it has been, you know, some of the moving parts and what he's working with. But what scares the living hell out of you offensively? They just lost their left tackle. Gronk retires. Sony Michelle had a ridiculously solid playoff run. But that's, you know, I mean, you never look at a running back to say, all right, well, that's going to get us back to the AFC Championship. That's going to get us back to, you know, 7th, 8th, ninth Super Bowl. You know, you know, very thin now. And look, Julie Edelman, Julie Edelman's a fine player, and, and you know, Super Bowl was ridiculously good. But, you know, a lot of that does come. You have to put so much attention on Rob Gronkowski. But there is also the, you know, the caveat of, you know, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniel sitting down. And well, before I even get to that, there is the wild card. I mean, you know, <clears throat> if they could get, you know, and this is always, guys, this is the greatest mystery purple elephant in the room, the mystery box. If they could get Josh Gordon for 16 games, yeah, you got yourself an absolute flat out stud. Um, you know, if you want to play Powerball, and if you're going to do that, guys, I would suggest you do it by Wednesday night. You're talking about almost probably 900 million by the time it goes off. But that's exactly what J- Josh Gordon is. Him playing, you know, I'd, I'd rather have the two dollar Powerball ticket. Then rely on the fact, even though I know I know I'm going to lose, then banking on the fact that Josh Gordon's going to play 16 games. But you were certainly now you were devoid of beasts of of where is that guy? I, I'm you know I I wouldn't be surprised they pull a rabbit out of their hat. And one name that scares me right off the bat, Pete, 
And it, it only, it, I mean, and I'll just take it from the AFC North. AJ Green, if the Patriots need a dude, they need a legit dude to do something receiving wise. Um, they can find a way to fill some holes. This is the perfect. This was actually for them the perfect year for Gronk to retire, because you can find some guys to play tight end. You're not going to get Gronk, <laughs> but you can find some guys to play tight end. But like a guy like AJ Green and look, the Bengals got to take a deep look in the mirror and realize that. They're a franchise that, even if they manipulate this offseason really, really well, they're probably still drafting top six next year. That's the name that scares me. Uh, yeah, and, and what makes the Patriots dangerous is, is the idea that they always have this element of feeling like this is it. This is they, they can push all their chips in. So from that standpoint, they always feel like a threat to be able to do anything. And certainly A.J. Green would be a massive Massive boost. Um, I, you know, with him, you know, it's a question of medical. If his feet are good, uh, he's unbelievable. He's one of the most underrated talents in the league. You know, well, you the other the thing bank. is, your feet might get a lot healthier if you know where you're going. <laughs> True, um, but it, it's like him and Geno Atkins are these two just absolutely special, special players that get very little credit because they play in Cincinnati, and that team's basically, you know. Been, been largely irrelevant for any number of reasons uh but you know having you know having to watch him twice a year he's easily the guy that scares the crap out of me uh he's just unbelievable and you do pair that guy with, with a guy like tom brady that is insane i mean on the same time you know part of me is wishing the Browns could do that but the Bengals won't do that in the division uh themselves and just go nuts but yeah uh the Bengals. You know, if they're smart, they'll embrace where they're going and take a quarterback. You know, I think if Dwayne Haskins is there, they should grab him. Um, they have a nice receiver in Tyler Boyd, who I think should have gone to the Pro Bowl this year. Um, you know, if you're comfortable with the return you're getting for an A.J. Green and you're willing to say, Let's go ahead and move on because the other part of this is, you know, A.J. Green's entering, I believe, the last year in his contract. They're not going to want to do another long-term deal. It's basically trade him or you pay him some stupid amount of money or you let him walk, which would be the ultimate Bengals thing to do is just let this dude walk at a third-round pick as a compensatory <laughs> thing. So if you can get, like, a second-round pick, and, and you know, this year – and a you know a conditional pick next year, that may be your best move. Uh, and and certainly it does. It it changes the dynamic with the Patriots. It, it it just makes them a different type of team to defend. But yeah, I mean it puts them right back in a in a situation where they are very very dangerous. And you let them get to January, and suddenly you do not want to deal with them because there's just a lot. Of, of talent there and the ability to make problems. And, and A.J. Green makes Julian Edelman a better football player. It makes James White and Sonny Michelle a better football player. We're going to see the same thing, hopefully, with 16 or 20 healthy games of Odell Beckham this year um, What and his impact on the other guys in this, in this roster. So certainly A.J. Green with that offense could do any number of things. Yeah, I mean, we're going to touch on this whole situation in the news of the day here a little bit more, obviously. You know, guys, I mean, you know, we, Pete and I, like, we like to talk the league as well. And look, it's the offseason, so, you know, we'll bring up the talking points. Um, remember, to get the show every day, subscribe to Locked on Browns on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with a personally curated playlist and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Browns, guys. Thank you. And the other thing, Pete, that comes into this is they have a ton of draft capital in New England, a ton of it. And normally, and we've Pete and I look. Pete and I, we 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 do the draft. We are inside and out of it. And Bill's one of those guys where it's a board of, you know, everybody one twenty five, one fifty. Bill's board. I'll take these seventy five. If it doesn't work out, whatever. I'll figure it out after that. So this year. He's got all the ammunition where if it's, you know, Bill likes 50 to 75, he can say, all right, well, I'm going to get myself as much ammo as I can in the top 50 to 75. I need tight ends. I absolutely need some more help at the wide receiver position. 
Defense, whatever. I'll figure it out. I'll draft a pass rusher in round three. Uh, I mean, in day three, round six, that everybody says, oh, well, he can't do this. He can't do that. He's too slow. And the next thing you know, the guy will turn into an eight to 10 sack guy. But this might be the year where the Patriots take their draft strategy. And, and look, I mean, they're not stupid in that front office. They understand the window is closing. And, you know, as much, you know, like it's not, Tom's not getting any younger. It's, it's only a matter of time. And they are, there's one goal in that building. It is Lombardi or bust. This might be the year where you see them do it a little bit drastically different, where they want their name out there a lot more early. Well, let's not forget, there's a very a very good reason to try to knock certain things out of the headlines right now in New England. Um, yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> do if, not release if, the video under no circumstances whatsoever. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a hard pass. But let's say let's just throw out the example they, they do trade for AJ Green tomorrow. What's the talk in New England and nationally? You know, certainly the craft story is going to be there. Uh, but if you can get it off the first front page, you're certainly not going to be upset about that. Um, you want to make it basically, you know, for you know have to open up the newspaper to actually go find details about this and the continuing uh stuff about this and in some ways it will probably just go away on its own anyway regardless of how it ultimately ends but sure i mean turning the page on that helps and and the Gronk's retirement will undoubtedly have some impact on that that's going to be the story right now so yeah i mean certainly they have draft picks that they can use to go get players uh trades the Patriots have really, uh, in, in terms of, if you want to talk about it from an analytics standpoint, they've really invented the market in terms of trading late round picks for veterans that can help now. Uh, you know, the Eagles have picked up on this in recent years, but this is really a a thing that the the, the Patriots have sort of invented and 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 adapted to a way that that just has helped them continue to be a great team in an in year in and year out and like people will say well Devin McCourty is not a big deal Danny Shelton was a big deal but those guys absolutely contributed to them winning that Super Bowl again are there going to be situations now this year whether it's the Bengals whether it's you know let's say they they go out and get a guy like Tyler Croft for example uh or or a player like that that they get uh, more veteran help. They get more guys that can help them now. And there are these teams that it's not even tanking, really. It's just sort of maximizing what you are. What you are at this point, if you're a team like the Bengals, you should be maximizing your assets. A team like the Dolphins, now that's going to be tricky for the Patriots because that's in the division, though they have traded before. Um, there are teams – you know, and an injury in camp or whatever could could put another team down that path where they basically realize this is not going to go somewhere good. Uh, time to get out, you know, time to move on, get get out of some bad contracts or some older players, get some more assets and, and build towards that direction. Um, that is an easy way for the Patriots to build now. Um, and the other part of that is, if the Patriots are going to draft, and certainly they're going to have some picks, you know they're going to get guys who either impact right now or play a role right now. They don't. I don't think they have too much in the mindset of, you know, we'll get this guy and he can de- develop in a few years, with the possible exception if they love a quarterback. I, I don't think it'll happen, but they may grab one just to hit this. Not really the class for it, but you know it's out there. So yeah, they 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 become really. As much as this is the Raiders draft, it really becomes the Patriots sort of offseason from here on out because they are dangerous and that they could really do anything. And, and, and that's just and when you look at franchise and stability and how it's run. And look, and this is probably the reason if you're outside of New England, you hate them because it's you hate when somebody just does something so stinking right and everything seems to fall in their lap. Obviously, uh, you know, Jason McCourty, prime example of that. And, you know, he'll, he'll stick around. And they just find a way to work with what they have. But now they're in a spot where it's, you know, they need a couple of things. Um, so, look, the tight end group, sure. Uh, you know, t- whether it's, you know, TJ Hawkinson's a great name. I, I don't know how you're going to get there. 
Noah Fant becomes interesting. Uh, like you said, a Tyler Croft. Do you start beating on the doors down in Tampa Bay and saying, well, look, you got O.J. Howard. Do you really need Brait? That, and, that's a good name for that. Cameron Brait would be a, a, a nice way for them to sort it, of. It's one that scares the hell out of you. Yep. And you never know. I mean, look, Tampa Bay, look, I mean, you know, Bruce, uh, you know, Bruce can say, look, I don't know how long I've got, but you look at that roster and the fact that they have zero cap space, it's, you know, if Bruce thinks he's not, he doesn't know how much time he's got, then I don't know why you took that job. Uh, you got Jameis in his fifth year who said, I'll play at 250, it should be okay. All right, good luck with that big guy. Uh, you're not really <laughs> mobile to begin with, so sure, why not? Go ahead, knock yourself out. But that would be, you know, that's definitely a door to knock on. And that's one of those ones where you wake up at, you know, 6 a.m. And when your alarm goes off and you check, how, where was everybody else? Where were the other 30, 30 teams? Who let New England pull this off? And these are moves you now become leery of because, you know, Bill is in hunting mode and it's just the way. And we're going to learn a lot about this. And this is the week, Pete, because now obviously uh, with the meetings here in Arizona, you know, uh, Darren Lee, who we've talked about a ton, we're going to start to get some answer to these questions because this is the week where those things, you know, there's, it's not much more talk anymore. Something's going to get done this week. Yeah, deadlines make deals. Um, that's just how it goes. The, the other part of this is the Patriots could go the other way with this. You just say, look, Tom Brady's going to get us where we need to go. We're going to load up on defense. Make the trade for Gerald McCoy. Get, you know, guys like that, uh, Robert Quinn, those type of guys. And, and then just, we'll be sniffing around at Halloween if we need something. Right. And, and you know, the, one of those teams that just, you know, Bill Belichick says, look, if we're going to go, if, if we can't get – the offensive players that we need, you know, we'll just load up on defense and do it that way. And they've certainly been able to do that. And and when you have a guy like Sonny Michelle entering year two, if he has a big year and James White is still, you know, very good, they can be a little more of a patient, ground people out type team during the regular season or in some tough games and let defense carry him. So, yeah, I mean, they they are dangerous just because they are – capable of anything in the same way that you know the Browns have sort of gotten this reputation where if uh you know if 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 Dorsey has a guy he wants he'll go out and get him I mean they're sort of for the most part with 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 a few exceptions they're pretty much tapped the Patriots meanwhile sort of enter that phase where now they're the team that can really go out and and add some players and make themselves dangerous and you know you're back to what are we going to do to stop the Patriots type thing and I and I don't doubt that that whatever happens, they're going to go in with another, you know, somehow con- convince themselves that they're underdogs and they have to prove it and all that garbage. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's that that's going to be fun to watch. And you know, with the Browns now in a position of like at least theoretical strength with everything they've added, it, it becomes fascinating. Watch how other teams sort of respond to what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best part of it. And we'll close this here. Um... With Gronk, uh, with him and Nola's brothers, uh, you know, I, I put the tweet out there, uh, you know, going all in or going hard with the Gronkowskis. There's some sort of reality show there with keg stands and cruises and shots and showing up at Mardi Gras. You know, there's something there. So if it comes up to it, I want my trademark piece. At least cut me a check, whether it's Lifetime or whatever. There's something there. Uh, I'll look forward to him. Showing up in a pair of khaki shorts and a guinea tee with his gold blazer, making his announcement at Canton one day. Um, you know, from the pure Brown standpoint of it, thanks, Gronk. See you later. I mean, in the injuries, look, the reason the injuries came is because if you couldn't go high on him, because most likely you'd be dead. So you either went head, which you know, affected Gronk there, or you went low, which would obviously affect his knees. Um, but there was no other way. I mean, you, you couldn't just really tackle the guy one-on-one because, you know, I mean, you literally would have ended up, you know, like the old, you know, the old uh, Wiley Coyote cartoons where they literally had to peel you up like a fruit roll-up of plastic. I mean, that's how dominant the guy was. But, you know, God bless him. Good for getting out on your own terms. And, you know, he's, you know, whether it's movies or, you know, if they want to, you know, remake The Hangover Part 6, Part 7 or whatever, he'll be great for those things. I know he's got a bunch of friends in the WWE so do not be shocked if you see him showing up at those events and you know having some sort of you know role in that but you know hey look if you know you're concerned about the body get out while the timing's good um guys iTunes rating reviews uh keep those comments drop the five stars the written reviews 
I appreciate it wholeheartedly. You know, that stuff, it's great for the show, helps us grow, and you know, we're just continually, week in, week out, day by day, the show just seems to be something more that you guys appreciate. We're going to have a fun here week, but guys, iTunes ring reviews, get on that, please. All right, Pete, one of the things now, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you know, social media-wise, Odell Beckham's starting to change things around. You're seeing some profile pics and everything, Instagram, everything's starting to relate to, you know, becoming a Cleveland Brown after everybody got all nervous a week ago that, you know, I'm going to take a little time. You know, I got to clear my head, get my head right, and then drops a tweet today. Well, I woke up this morning, feel a little dangerous. I think, uh, and look, he's, I. there's no way you can't believe he's not excited to come here. I, I think... Players see energy, they feel energy, they know what's going on. Plus, Odell was always the most energetic room and the most energetic guy in the room with the New York Giants, and it, where a lot of guys like just weren't. They didn't have that type of juice, and now he's going. You know, and if you want to talk juice and a blender, I mean, where the blender's like it's overflowing and it, it's it, it, the realism of them, the really the realism of it all. And the fact that, you know, a week from Monday, there's going to start to be some, you know, off-season activities. It's just, oof. I mean, I'm assuming, I don't know when there's going to be a press conference. Maybe it'll be that Monday morning, because I'm not sure how much is going to go on. Obviously, you know, with the meetings in Arizona this week. But we're getting close to where it's going to start to pop off, and the excitement level, Pete, is just going to jump up even more. Sure. Um, you know, we didn't talk about it. I didn't care. You didn't care about any of the social media nonsense. Uh, basically, wake me when we get to practice. But I so expect- much of this happens. They put stuff out there, and it's cryptic. And I think a lot of it is just because they know everybody's sitting there just feeding off it, waiting for the next one. I'm sure that's part of it. Uh, but it's just like, you know, there's plenty to sort of look at and, and focus on in terms of the bronze without getting caught up in – that nonsense, uh, like like I said, until he's missing practices or something, you know, saying that this is not going to, you know, saying I don't want to play here or whatever, you know, it, it wasn't anything to get worked up about. But, it, you know, on the other hand, it will be nice, you know, I don't really care about the press conference, but it's another one of those things that sort of helps it feel real. Um, you know, he'll, you know, he'll put out a few quotes. It'll make everybody gush and, and love life. and all Wax stuff, a little poetic about Baker. And, and that's right. it. Woo! I mean, there's no more tickets to sell, but everybody will be excited. Right. So, you know, for me, it basically beyond, you know, basically I want to get to the point where he's catching passes from Mayfield. Like, you know, I'm waiting for some, you know, whether it's Florida or California or whatever, where you know those those guys get together and they're throwing passes like I'll get excited about that and then it'll be on to you know practice and stuff like I'm past the point of worried about you know what people are saying I'm, I'm it's when when you make this move the thought is you know how how fast can the season get here that's where we're at right now and you know with the draft in the middle uh, that's that's the stage we're at now and it's basically yep he's in the fold you know on to the next thing and the next thing it, for us is the draft and and that's you know the big focus because they've got issues they have to figure out oh the, there's no doubt but look i mean you you know he's in and this was always going to be the case and you look at the new york Giants situation and and where he is now and and i i, I know and from people i told to with giants media a lot of it was is you know, there's guys in that Giants locker room who felt there there is no window. If Eli Manning is the guy, we're just playing through these seasons until we hopefully find the guy. And, you know, you're asking, you know, a guy like Dave Gettleman, the dinosaur, to be the guy to find that guy. Who knows? I mean, th- th- there's no way of knowing it. But, look, he's ours now. You're going to pair him. And it's, you know, I mean, when you look at... Whatever personnel you want to look at, whether it's 11, 12, and, you know, two, t- I mean, it's just, it's staggering. And it, it'll be nice to start to see some of it come to fruition. And, you know, these, act, and I'm going to tell you right now, these were workouts Odell did not do normally with the New York Giants. Um, he would do his thing in L.A., and this is where we'll see. You know, is Jarvis Landry that key to him? Is Baker Mayfield that key to him? When we get to these, you know, OTAs, off-season workouts, if Baker's here, guys, that is a really, I mean, if, if Odell is here, this is a really good sign, Pete. Yeah, um, 
beyond the fact, you know, whatever you want to say about Odell Beckham, there, there's an element of, you know, he was good and proven and sort of knew what to expect Eli Manning, and Eli Manning's awful anyway, so, you know, what did you really need to say? But, you know, when it comes to Baker Mayfield, there's – First, there's the element he doesn't, you know, he hasn't caught passes for Baker Mayfield, and he he be may not be used to the fact they keep hitting him right in the hands. But <laughs> there, the other part of this, and I don't know if this is part of why Odell Beckham took his sort of little his like week long sabbatical from social media, is as much pressure and as much of a fishbowl as there was in New York. There was always a sense that the Giants were going to be bad. Whereas he's being sort of looked at as, you know, the guy who's going to sort of take the Browns to the next level and the pressure that comes with that. And I think, you know, some of some of that, you know, time away may have been sort of adjusting to that reality. So pressure's on. Pressure's on. There's right, Miles so, Garrett. There's Baker Mayfield. There. I mean, there. You can't. There's. I mean, not that Odell made him, but there's no excuses now. This team is expected to go thirteen and three, fourteen and two. And the other part is the Giants had had two Super Bowls in recent years. I mean, they've got a whole bunch of them in all, but they they're sitting on two Super Bowls where you're looking at a team like Cleveland, who's been to the playoffs once in the past, you know, since 1994. Um, <laughs> so there there is added pressure. And and if 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 for whatever reason Beckham isn't at you know insert meaningless you know OTA or whatever. Uh, it's going to be a talking point. People are going to discuss it. And what does it mean? And, you know, is this an issue? Is it the contract? Is he unhappy and all this stuff? When he maybe just has a different way of getting ready for the season, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that may just be how he operates. Um, so everything with him is going to be to a point where it's going to be insufferable. Uh, so, you know, just from my standpoint, I'm hoping he's at those things just so it's one less thing for people to freak out about or worry about or anything that's, you know, undue nonsense. Um, so we'll, we'll see. That's that's hopefully what happens. And, and maybe he's looking at it the same way where he's like, basically, it's not worth the, worth the grief not to be at these things uh, just to go ahead and get it done. And, you know, hopefully Baker Mayfield can be a part of, you know, why he wants to be there and it's not like dragging kicking or screaming it's more excited to get there and 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 what this setup's going to be like you know he and pat Shermer, you know whether anyone wants to admit it or not did not get along uh um, oh, no that's out there it, i mean Shermer needed gettleman and needed ownership to sign off and they eventually bit the bullet <laughs> okay guys good luck and certainly that's a relationship that that uh Freddie Kitchens is going to have to figure out, but at the same time, I, you know, I expect he was right there with John Dorsey being excited about getting him in there. So it's not a situation where you have a coach that's sort of uneasy with the player. You have everybody sort of, you know, on the same, on the same, uh, wavelength positive about this and, you know, trying to make this work. So hopefully that gets things going where they need to be, where, Beckham feels like this is going to be good for him and he feels like it's going to go somewhere this year where maybe he didn't feel like it was with the Giants the past year, past two years. Well, and that was the thing, though. But last year and last offseason and all of these things, it was more of a, I want my money. I want my extension. I want my money and I want it now. And the Giants dragged their feet well into the summer before they finally did it, and they did. But that was that there. Now it's in, and this is where we'll see. And you guys, we'll see how key the Jarvis-Landry relationship is. We'll see how tight the Baker-Mayfield relationship is. And guys, I'm praying he's going to be here just because I want to hear, I want to hear it from the New York Giants fans here in New Jersey with the, I can't believe this. This is what I'm doing. This is what I told you. And, you know, and, and he shows up to a franchise like the Cleveland Browns and says, no, we're a team. Let's go play ball. And it will be, if it does work out and he's here for all of this, I'm going to love every stinking minute of it. Because a guy like Odell wants to win and he saw that there was, it just was not going to happen there anymore. And I don't know how much he forced this. But, and look, he's going to be, and Freddie, well, look, here's the deal. You may not get your 100 receptions, 
But you should get your 1,300 yards and your 10-plus touchdowns. Don't worry about it, young man. We got you covered that way. Um, <laughs> the uh, Well, I was going to say, the, the, you know, the, the belief that he wants to win, um, certainly that would help if he's there at all these offseason things. Yep. That's evidence that he wants to win. Um, you know, that's where if, he, if he's not at these things, it becomes – well, you know, what's the problem? What does he really want? Maybe he is a head case. All those things start to creep in. So hopefully, you know, the Browns, Beckham, you know, in particular are basically saying, let's go ahead and get this, do this. I'm excited. I want to win. Uh, and the, the way to do that is to be here, be at these things, make everything easier on everybody else and, and get on the same page with with, uh, with Baker Mayfield. Well, and, but the thing, though, is, is Odell has his – he has his big money contract now. Um, what will help him now more? Look, the one lure of New York was the fact that there was a tremendous, a tremendous amount of endorsement opportunities. Now in Cleveland, it's it's not, just not the same market, guys. And I'm not no disrespect to Cleveland, so it's a little bit of a different market now. But what helps him remake that money off the field? Is this product being a winning product? And this product, yes, winning divisions and playing and going to AFC championships and possibly playing in the Super Bowls, that only enhances that product. So this is where you see it now. If he wants even more money off the field, the best thing for him is to be the best player on the field. And one of the best reasons that the Cleveland Browns went from you know 0-16 to 7-8-1, taking that jump from 7-8-1 to you know, hopefully wins within the teens, and that's how we'll play it out here. Um, we're not going to go as long as normal here tonight, guys. You know, not a lot to cover here over the weekend. Still, some pro days coming. You know, coming this week. You know, so but we do have one good listener listener question here, and I'm going to get to this here. Um, and this is uh, you know, in response to the strong safety position, and this still seems like one that everybody still seems to be a little bit concerned about, and I, I don't disagree. Um, but Pete, right now, and you know who in uh, the. Uh, Britton Yaden, um, and thanks for the question, Brenton. Who are the top three most likely candidates to start a strong safety for the Browns this year? We can just say one right off the bat because you got to assume the name in-house for right now is going to be a part of it, so Derek Kindred. But then there's, you know, obviously two names after that. So go ahead, Pete. I'm going to guess that both of them are, are, are currently uh, not attached to rosters because they're waiting to be drafted. Um, I... I, I I think if Eric Berry was going to happen, I think it would have. Um, it seems it, too easy to have happened. Like John would have said, "Hey, Eric, what's going on? Let's do it." Well, the other thing is, is you know, he just went to Dallas. He left without a contract there, and they signed George Iloka, and they're saying George Iloka is going to be a part-time guy. So, you know, what what does that mean? Uh, he's been Eric Berry's been to the Browns. They obviously know each other. Maybe there's a point where. Barry decides he's good with whatever they're offering and come. But I honestly think it's more likely that Barry would sit out or come, you know, potentially at the end of the summer than, you know, sign why, now. Why am I going to play for five weeks when I know I'm an injury risk? I'll come in right around Labor Day weekend and, yeah, I'm ready to go week two, week three. Right. And, and I, I, you know, to, from, my, from my mind, you know, if that's – the way he wants to do it, I'd let him go elsewhere. But there's there's no obviously doubt. there's obviously a lot of risk there, and and you have to do due diligence, and your medical people have to be very happy with what they see and all that stuff. So to me, uh, the guy who stands out to me is the the guy they want. I, I you know I, I think the dream situation for them is Chauncey Gardner Johnson from Florida. I'll say him, even though I don't think it's he's going to make it to forty nine. But if he does escape, the, you know, into the second round, I could easily see the Browns trade up for him. Um, as much as you hate trading Jabril Peppers to then go get a guy like Jabril Peppers, uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson is a really, really tantalizing prospect. He does those things like playing that slot linebacker position, can play in coverage, has a ton of size, is really aggressive physically, um, has a ton of athletics. Uh, athleticism, and he's got a ton of size. He's 210 pounds. He's a big dude. Um, they can, you know, they can be a true strong safety. Can come down in the box and do things. Can play in coverage in the slot. 
Um, you know, I don't think he's a guy you immediately pencil in as a starter. It would probably still be Kindred, but if he comes along quickly, he can be a really, really nice player. And you can use him a lot of the ways that, you know, I think the Chargers use a guy like Derwin James with that type of size and all the, the, the creativity they had with that, which is part of the reason I don't think uh, he's going to make it out of the first round is I do think there's going to be that that uh, that effect, that carryover. Um, but the other guy is, I'll say Taylor Rapp. Um, uh, again, throw, throw me a bone on a Sunday night, Pete. You're such a nice guy. I don't love him. I understand he makes a lot of sense from a style standpoint. He is a very good tackler. When he's not, he's not Buddha. He's not Buddha Baker. He's a little bit different. He's more. But go ahead. He has a lot of traits that you know. If you want a guy who can play down in the box, can do all those things. Uh, That all this is assuming you know this is really what. what Steve Wilkes want, you know, the dream for me is obviously want Thornhill who's more corner than, than safety really. And that they want that third guy who can do all of those things. But my guess is they probably want a guy with a little more heft, a little more physicality uh, at that position. Um, I will agree with the uh, on Gardner Johnson. Um, but here's the thing though. If you want to try to somewhat replicate the role that the strong safety and guys, Wilkes isn't going to give us his playbook, so we're just trying to fill in holes. So you want Thornhill does figure in there, and uh, his pro day this week, I do believe it's Thursday on the 28th. Um, guys, if you're looking for a sleeper name, if our Justin Lane Hill, Justin Lane dream dies, um, there is a Tim Harris at a UVA. Um, injured a lot during his career there, but a lot of it was all upper body. It was all upper body. Um, that's going to be interesting to look out for on March 28th. And it still seems weird, Pete. It, it's still going on. These pro day numbers don't seem to be matriculating out like they have in years past. Tim Harris, UVA, six foot ten. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, six foot six ten. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's a beast. He's Zion. He's Zion. Um, but six six foot two, two oh five, big length, big athletic ability. Probably a guy you would get on day three. But that's going to be a name to watch with the Juan Thornhill uh, pro day. On Thursday, one, you, you might not see much. I mean, we're, we're hoping we're going to get the agility numbers. And please, I mean, you always like to have all these numbers on these guys. But we'll see with Juan. But if you want to go with a Kindred and another combo, Juan Thornhill will fit into that. But, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, if you're looking for a straight upgrade from Derek Kindred, this is that type of guy. Um, Actually just had a baby a couple days ago. It gets weird. Some of these older types, like, that's not a great thing for them. For me, no. You know, it, it, with the Kalen Saunders thing. You know, if you don't know the kid well enough, you assume here's a kid all of a sudden now who's very, very committed to being extremely good at his craft. So there should be some nice options at 49. You should have, I mean, if we get to late April with Duke and Agba still here, you and you know, obviously eight draft picks who will never make the. You know, there's no way eight guys drafted will make this team. You have plenty of ammunition to trade trade up, but it it it's a nice. Safety group, Pete, in that, you know, obviously, I guess what it is, you know, mid-second round, there should be some names there, hopefully, or otherwise you're just going to bag a really steal at cornerback or a really steal at wide receiver. Right. I mean, if that, the safeties that, dry up, that, that's going to help them. Right. I mean, there's just a ton of them. Uh, you mentioned, We mentioned Juan Thornhill, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Jonathan Abram should still go high, even though he's more of a box-type guy. And this year, Adderley is going to go very high. He's a free safety. Darnell Savage is probably in that two to three range. I really like Saquon Hampton out of Rutgers. I don't know where he's going to go, but I think he's a legit he's prospect. Pete Jock and a Rutgers guy. This is the weirdest thing ever. Um, and the other guy that I, I could see making some noise, you know, for the Browns, if 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 they're sitting there and they haven't gotten a guy they like earlier, is is Kari Willis from Michigan State, um, who's another nice prospect that has those traits. But again, he's probably more more redundant with a guy like Kindred. I, I do think they want more of a coverage guy. Uh, certainly, Juan Thornhill is sort of the exact opposite of what Kindred does. Uh, whereas Chauncey Gardner Johnson's a lot like I think what Peppers did. Um, you know, maybe a little further along in the coverage standpoint than 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 Peppers was coming out, but probably not as good 
in in the run game stuff. But man, he he comes up and he he makes plays on the football, uh, and he's a willing tackler. So he, he may go really really high, uh, and that he may go in the first round. And that he's you know twenty one, he's just under five eleven and two hundred and ten pounds. That's a big boy who's running a four four eight with a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of speed. But yeah, uh, Virginia's pro day is big. Uh, for a number of reasons, uh, but, but this, you know, for me, it's in addition to Juan Thornhill, it, it's, uh, you know, I finally get to see what, what, who was right in terms of Lamade Zacchaeus, you know, <laughs> why, why has this guy been slept on? Why are people still insisting he's not very good? Um, you know, if he comes out and tests really, really well, uh, you know, not only does does he help himself and add another in that Isabella Penny Hart, uh, those type of guys group, uh, but he becomes a really interesting player that I think the Browns could target on day three as another weapon type guy that could just just do a little bit of everything. Um, Florida State pro day this week, uh, North Dakota State. I don't think anybody's too big this year. Uh, BYU, Miss Ole Miss. I'll give you one, and I'll give you one from Florida State Pro Day, and this is a Matt Will and a Matt Waldman favorite. If you're looking for a Nick Chubb caddy, and don't come at me. Look, Duke may be traded. We'll cover it either way. I don't want to get rid of him. Pete doesn't want to get rid of him. Find a way to use him. That's our final line there. But uh, Jacques Patrick, um, he's interesting. Uh, four-year player. He would fit the mold of a you know four-minute back in the fourth quarter. Big physical guy. He can catch the ball a little bit if you need him to. Obviously, Cleveland's going to be overdrawn with guys like that. But interesting name. And when Matt Waldman gives the seal of approval for a guy that I like, it makes you, okay, gives you a double wink. Right. Uh, TCU this week, LJ Collier, may, may maybe he retests and tries to fix a few things, improve some testing there. Virginia Tech, uh, Washington, which has a number of, you know, particularly defensive prospects, uh, and Stanford, uh, those are Stanford's not until the fourth. And then you're going to get some of these, you know, but we need something JJ are saying a white side. We need something soon, bro. Right. And you're going to get, you know, Alabama's second pro day. I, I don't Beyond. know. If, I don't know if Jalen Ferguson's going to find another pro day to work out at or whatever, but the, the, there's a lot of guys out there, Washington state early April, um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're still waiting on numbers. We're still having these things matriculate in school, small school prospects, uh, are, are coming in also slowly. Like for example, let me, let me see. I've got, well, first, well, wait, my, my wait, why are you bring it up? Okay, go ahead. My, my guy from Akron showed up. That's two guys from Akron that look to be draftable. Uh, but the other guy that I came across, I have everything but his height and weight of all things is Neil O'Connor O'Connor from New Hampshire is a slot receiver. Uh, really good athleticism traits there. Well, Jalen Ferguson, I'd like to see him run a three crone at the mid 250s as opposed to 271. Um, it's fine. I mean, you know, look, we've, we're, we're beyond the point now where Jalen Ferguson is drafted as a starting pass rusher. So let me see at 250s, where it's going to be a 20 to 25 rep maybe per game. Let's see that. And getting back to the defensive backs, guys, as we keep saying, maybe you don't need so much Jabril Peppers in the box type of thing. If this offense is going to hum like it's going to hum, it's going to be a lot more. Stop the pass. Exactly. Stop the pass. You have to be able to play coverage. Exactly. And as much as I hate to give it to Pete on this one, I may have to lean more Juan Thornhill where he can do a little bit of everything. Obviously, with the cornerback background, it becomes interesting in that respect. Um, some fun things coming uh, where I, I it should be tomorrow night, and you guys have got that one. Um, Dan Arlovsky is going to come on. We're going to talk Baker year one and year two, like I mentioned earlier. So that should be a fun episode. But we're just going to continue to go through, you know, try to put out the best content we can. Hopefully, these pro days, can we get more like Penn State? And LSU, where you actually give us a sheet afterwards, and we know what these guys did. I don't know why everybody's... If you're being secretive because it wasn't good, that's not good. And it just kind of goes along with what me and Pete said over the last week, where maybe this draft isn't as strong as we thought it was. Um, Pete, I, I'm assuming Ed, Ed Oliver, when is that? Uh, yeah, Even though question. that dream's dead. <laughs> right. Now it's now it's Operation Anyone But the Bengals. Um 
That is a good one, right? I don't know if Houston's listed on this thing. No, Houston is uh, Houston is the 28th. That is with there Virginia. We go. So, so Thursday is going to get even a little bit bigger as we cruise on in. And, uh, you know, your host here uh, will have a birthday on Saturday. Um, it's not good. When you the, other, the other guy I would say keep an eye out uh, for is Arkansas State uh, pass rusher. Who's, uh, they always have one. It seems every year there's an Arkansas State pass rusher. tiny. Uh... Let me look up his <laughs> real quick. No, yeah, and actually, the, well, there's the uh, you know Armand Armand Watts from Arkansas, the D tackle. He goes right in that M- Michael Dog Bay, Kalen Saunders. I mean, there's it, it, it's going to be easy to fill the interior defensive tackle group. It's it, it's a nice group when you get to that third round to sixth round. There's a lot of names in that one. Ronheem Bingham. Uh, he's really small. Like he was listed six two two forty two. Uh, all he does is run around and hit things. Like he just has no regard for humanity or his own body. Uh, had a ton of production. So he's another one. I, I you know, it, for those smallish type pass rushers, um, if it, you know, may not even get drafted, but you know, could be a guy they they want to take a look at as a, a quasi linebacker type thing. Uh, Arkansas State Pro Day this week. So yeah, there's there's just a lot going on uh, to, to keep an eye on. Just give us numbers. Just give us numbers. Um, guys, obviously, uh, Pete over at NFL Spin, so make sure you're reading everything over there. Um, follow him at underscore, um, at underscore Pete Smith underscore um, the show, Locked on Browns, the Twitter account. We always keep it follow back, guys. You know how that works. Um, the numbers, you know, the follows keep growing over there. I appreciate it. Um, and I tell you all guys all the time, I mean, I know there's a ton of people who listen to podcasts you're not big in the social media world. Create an account. Follow Lockdown Browns. You know you have any questions you want to ask, and you, you don't want to. Twitter's a cesspool, and it's getting only worse here. As you know, in a front, you know, former front office guys are attacking draft websites where these guys have a ton of credibility. It's it's ridiculous, and it's it's only getting worse, and that's the worst part about social media. But it is what it is, guys. Um, follow me personally at Jeff. Underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, th- thanks for listening. And remember, um, guys, use the Himalaya app. Um, in addition to Google Play, you know, uh, you know, iTunes, Spotify, all that. But uh, you know, check out Himalaya. It- it's a newer podcasting app. Seems to be doing very well. You know, in its infancy. So if you're looking for something different, looking for a change of pace with your you know podcasting apps, hit- check out Himalaya. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. We got a bunch of stuff coming here. We're going to cover these pro days, cover the living daylights out of them. Like I said, this is uh, you know. So we're going to close it up. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.